So hello and welcome to Salopcast. Myself, Ollie and Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm all right. I'm like all Shrewsbury Town fans, as we're back to winning ways and shooting back up the league a bit. Well, back back up, getting close to Wigan. I'm absolutely buzzing, Ollie. So it's been a good Christmas period for Shrewsbury. And to this podcast, we'll be covering the Pompey game, the Wigan game, the Safan game, which we picked up a, a very positive seven points mm-hmm. from nine, yeah. which is good. I'd say, um, which is good considering we've got two away games in there, including a game against um, the Championship team that is Wigan in terms of their players and stature so yeah. no very very good Christmas period we couldn't make the South End game could we Glenn um, I was at a wedding and you couldn't make that one could you no we got to we got to Wigan on uh, what was it Boxing Day now wasn't it and I was at the home game yeah. and yeah South End's just a, a little bit too far but I think we took a credible amount of fans there didn't we again which yeah, shows 300 or something yeah which shows how well we're we're being supported at away games now and obviously we've got I think it's Blackburn one of the next away games isn't it and I'd like to think we'll take yeah. a huge amount to that game but yeah you talk about that Christmas period really it was three tough games to get seven points from wasn't it I know we'll talk about the game especially as Pompey yeah coming into form yeah. but yeah no no it's a very good period and yeah um, some good period and also some news so yeah we've got Salad News back in the in the pod uh, after um, quite a few weeks of absence <laughs> and very little to talk about so yeah we'll go through the games and then yeah go through the news so let's, let's jump into it and have this corner kick as they chase the third goal before half time Lawrence with it right footed could break should be a goal and So the first game of this uh, busy festive period, Ollie, was uh, back, seems quite a while ago now, on the 23rd of December, just before Christmas, where we uh, we played Portsmouth at home, and Shrewsbury Town ran out 2-0 uh, victors, um, with goals through Sean Wally on 59 minutes, and uh, Paney, who came off the bench and scored on 81 minutes in front of 7,429 at uh, the Meadow, which was good, a little uptick in attendance, which was which was fantastic. Yeah, it was good, it was good, good away following, but yeah, yeah. definitely an improved um, home attendance from Salah. It was, the Christmas shop and didn't really <laughs> drag the, drag that down yeah. by then. If you haven't got it done by the 23rd of December, you're in trouble anyway. But um, yeah, the team was Henderson uh, and then the back line of Bolton, Nasala, Sadler and Beckles. And then we had Bryn Morris had kept his place. Kept he, his place, yeah. That was interesting to see. Yeah, along with Nolan and Agogo. And then, as usual, Wally and Rodman. And also, um, the other Morris kept his place. Carlton Morris kept his place whilst Payne stayed on the bench. So, yeah, I think that was the only real real couple of interesting things with the Morrises retaining their places, weren't they? And they we'd obviously won the previous game. You don't change a winning team, do you? So, I think most people were quite happy with that. Yeah, we did. And it was it was an interesting test, wasn't it? Because Portsmouth started the season quite poorly, really, by the, the kind of the, you know, the, 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 the say, the media. You know that there's a League One expert who said that they were going to, you know, almost walk the league, <laughs> and they started quite slowly. But they had come into a good get, run of form, and they came into this game and with seven wins in the last eight. Yeah, and they hadn't conceded a goal for a month. Wow. Yeah, it felt felt like a tough game, didn't it? Yeah. So not only not only did we obviously stop them from scoring, we also put two past them um, and dominated the game. So yeah, it was a, it was a good good result and a good marker. Yeah, I mean we 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 came out in in the same way that we sort of finished the last home game, didn't we? We 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 were back on that more fluidity and and we've talked about that style and, and verve that we play with when we're at our best. It certainly was evident from the start in the, against Portsmouth, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it definitely was. So we started the game really nicely and passing the ball around. Um, Morris as the centre of the play. Really, he's um, he's a better target man than Payne, isn't he? Yes. Payne isn't isn't a target man as much as Morris, um, and he yeah built, put the ball down really well and yeah. Kind Kind of really started layoffs, particularly to Rodman down the left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really, yeah, really, really start good start. Yeah. Um, and, and a question for you, Glint. So uh, Morris got into the box and he went down, didn't he? And there was a, a claim for a pen. Did you think it was a pen in the in the one in the first half? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. interesting, wasn't it? I I don't know. At the time, I was screaming for it, but um, and I've looked looked it back on on replays and stuff. I think it's a fifty fifty one, isn't it? Really, there was some yeah. contact, but. Um, I don't know really to be honest with you it's one of those ones where I'm still not sure about yeah I don't think I watched it back a couple of times I don't oh, I think I think it would have been quite harsh to give it yeah um, but you couldn't quite tell because the camera angle there was a defender in the way of the where the ball was so you couldn't see if you got a toe in it or not yeah and so I have to give the guess the dead benefit of the doubt to the referee there yeah I think fair enough isn't it as I say it was, was reasonably early on wasn't it but you're right about Carl Morris and, and to be honest with you in the game he was he was exceptional, wasn't he, in terms of his, yeah. his, his forward play. And, and I think we were talking a few weeks ago about he wasn't quite on the same wavelength as the wingers and some of the midfielders when he first came back into the team. Certainly no. they've got it now. They kind of know exactly where he wants it. And, you know, I think I was talking to my brother and, and the lads around me and we were saying, first half, I don't think Carl Morris gave the ball away. And he had it a lot. No. He was so neat and tidy. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's keeping his place is that he's not losing it and then transitioning it back to us being in defence. He's keeping it and he's moving the ball on and he's playing a very, very 
key role in terms of our, our attacks keeping going and slightly different to when Payne was playing but it's it's certainly effective just as effective so I was really really impressed with Carl Morris yeah no he was he had a good good game and he's obviously kept his team um, his team he's kept his place um, during the Christmas period yep, yep. Um, but the first half wasn't too wasn't the great from if you're as the neutral there it wasn't a great game was it the first half it was two teams trying to play though wasn't it Ollie I think that's yeah trying to play and but limited to long range efforts which kind of yeah doesn't surprise you in terms of um, in terms of the whole world of XG and also um, in terms of you know how strong the teams are defensively. Two really really well organised, hard working teams. So there's a long range effort from Pompey saved by Henderson and Rodman had a long range effort after we'd really stretched. So that was one of the best linkups of play. We'd really stretched them and Rodman um, was basically had a bit of space and had a had an effort, but very few chances in the first half. Yeah, that Rodman was unlucky actually. I watched that back on the, on the highlights and um, it was going in and it got headed away, didn't it? It'd gone it yeah, had gone it past the keeper and, and, the, and the defender behind him headed it away but it was definitely going in top corner to be honest with you and, yeah it was um, a good header yeah it was, it was unlucky that wasn't yeah that Pompey one Henderson saved it comfortably the only the only worry was that he sort of flapped it away to the right a little bit didn't he but there was there was no danger with it he knew exactly no. what he was doing but yeah I think that's a fair summary I think it was nice to see you know a team come and, and play football against us and you know not park the bus as we've said a couple of times with a few teams this season it was it was a it was a a game where they were attacking each other. Yeah, it wasn't the most entertaining in terms of real clear-cut chances, but no. I didn't think it was, a, it was a poor first half. No, no, no. It wasn't a chance means it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, I think from more from a neutral point of view, they would have been wanting a few more shots and goals, but yeah. But yeah, you go, nil-nil, half-time. So we were waiting waiting to come back out and try and get a goal and it didn't, didn't take too long to get a chance, did it? <laughs> Well, it, yeah, we had a couple of chances, but in terms of um, the the goal, it wasn't until nearly the 60th minute, was no, it? No. Um, so really good tackling clearance by Gogo, and the run from Morris was exceptional. I, I didn't quite realise how good a run it was in real so time. So strong, yeah. Yeah, he completely just basically he he basically just put them under pressure and got the ball. And it's very surprising. He really just showed how much he really how hungry he's he quick. was to get the ball. He's quick for a big man. Yeah, he is quick. He got the ball, um, and then he basically just kind of like yeah, got tricked the keeper. The keeper came flying out, took him out, um, and then there's a penalty. Yeah, um, and then yeah, quickly running through it. Awful penalty by Wally. Just <laughs> like just to the right of the of the keeper. Really easy save. Um, and I guess a question for you, Glenn. Do you think that that's him off penalty duties now? I think from listening to some of the pre post match stuff, I think he thinks he's going to be off penalties. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't keep him on. The last two have been diabolical. He scored four this season, though, to be honest. So, yeah. you know, scored four, missed two. Not terrible, really, is it? But um, no. I'd like to think that in that, Carl Morris was playing so well, it was screaming for Carl Morris to take it. You know, he's desperate for a goal. He was. By far and away, one of the best players on the pitch in that game. Whereas, you know, we could talk about Wally before he missed the penalty. I thought he was pretty, uh, if drifted in out of the game, and he just didn't look like he had any confidence. So, quite why no. he was stepping up to take the penalty when you had a player at peak performance, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, someone's on penalties, so you used to still take it. So, to me, I'd like to see one of the strikers um, taking the penalties from now on. I just feel more comfortable with strikers taking penalties. He's been reasonably good at penalties at his time at the football club, but I think he's just going through a little funk and, you know, why put that extra pressure on him now? It doesn't make any sense for him to take another one. And if he misses that, you know, then it could, could affect his overall confidence, couldn't it? So, I'd, I'd take him off penalty duties, yeah. Yeah, talking of confidence, uh, Paul Hurst mentioned that in the in the post-match about how he kind of drifted from the game, didn't he, after yeah. the penalty? He was clearly very frustrated and he just kind of went missing for, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but not too long so so yeah after the penalty I was a bit worried then actually that the game how the game was going to flow but to be fair we kept on going didn't we didn't really change our um, resolve and actually in some ways it actually probably increased our intensity going forward Yeah. Um, but there was a foul by Toto um, he always good, just leaves one a game um, but it was a nice save by um, by Henderson yeah. from the free kick yeah I thought we played better actually after the penalty you're right I thought yeah. we, we really were like um, stung by it, it the injustice of it really because we'd started I think we'd started Started the second half better than them, and the, and the penalty had come at a, ch- a time when we felt we were on top, and to have missed it, you know, it felt like a little bit like we can't let this happen. And and I certainly think you know Nolan and Agogo and and Bryn Morris as well, they really stepped their work right up in midfield. They've been working hard already, but they they really got on top of. Um, yeah, the pressing was yes. was particularly impressive. It, it became it? intense then. They really put their bodies on the line for it, and. Um, yeah, it, it was it was it was good. The way the goal came was a bit random, though, wasn't it? But um, yeah, <laughs> there we go. But before that, just to talk about Pittman, it's quite funny. So um, so Beck was like, "Who's their striker? Oh, he God, looks yeah. a bit weird." 
and like because he's got a bit of a hunchback and he's got number eight and he looks really scruffy and he doesn't really run very well and I was like yeah that's his striker and he, and he got very frustrated didn't he and then he went off and, and he had a bit of a hissy fit and um, when he got taken off later on but yeah his free kick and his general game play wasn't good but I guess his frustration is just born out of the fact that you know we we, we played really well again didn't we yeah. but yeah moving on to the goal a um, lot of pressure from town um, effort on the edge of the bottom from Nolan um, the keeper had a mare. Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible goalkeeper. Um, so, so his second mistake of the game after the penalty, and he just kind of palms it. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a netball kind of like pass mm. <laughs> to, to to Wally, who's like, "Yep, I'll have that, please." And then he, yeah, he fortunately he um, finishes. So yeah, good good for Wally to keep his head there. Yeah, a lot of good things about that goal. Again, it was Nolan on the edge of the box with his quick feet. Yeah. Change of like we talked about with his goal the other yeah. week, where he changed the direction very quickly. I think yeah, that's he one his of... left into. He had a good strike. He was, and that definitely unsettled the keeper into making the mistakes. You've got to give Nolan some credit there, I think. Still yep. bad goalkeeping, but yeah, for Wally to have switched on like he did, he he was watching the ball and the shot a whole way, and he, he was just quicker to it than the defenders, and you have to give him massive credit for that in a game where he wasn't brilliant the whole game, but you know he popped up with the goal, and that's why you know he is still very important to us, even when he's not playing his best, and it was a very clear clinical finish, you know, would have been hard to miss it, I think. But um, yeah, a lot of credit to those two, particularly on the goal. And we kind of just carried on our form then from, from the penalty miss yep. onwards. Um, great, really, really hard work. Ogogo and Nolan, and it was really good actually because Bex came to this game, and as I said, um, and she hadn't seen Shrewsbury play for a while. Mm. Um, and yeah, she was nice as her to see Shrewsbury Town in their full pomp because she listens to all the games and she follows Shrewsbury quite closely now. But it was really nice as kind of her to see, you know, Town in their pomp. You know, this was a classic Town performance, I think, in terms of this season, wasn't it? Yes. It was hard working, really, we didn't concede a goal. Um, and then, yeah, the pressing worked well. Um, and this is one thing I like about our team is we do take. Um, controlled risks. Yep. So a go-go at this point, which often is position taken up by Nolan. So a, go- um, a go-go was quite high up the pitch, wasn't he? Closing down the central defenders, put them under pressure. Payne, who'd come on for, for tired Morris at this point, um, backs him up, wins the ball, um, and then runs forward and has a shot. And again, the keeper... Very soft hands, wasn't it? They went in the back of the net. <laughs> it was terrible. He really didn't have a great yeah. time with the two goals, did he? To be honest with you, I think you know it, that's the way it goes sometimes. But we were—it's the pressure we're putting on them and, and putting these the keepers under. And yeah, you'd expected more. We've had a lot. We've had maybe three games in a row now where the keepers have not been great against us, and, and you've got to be thankful for that. But if you don't shoot, you don't—you don't get the rewards, do you? So yeah, it was good to see Payne come on and get a goal though, because he's a little it bit was. marginalised recently, hasn't he? In some yeah, respects, yeah, he and, has. Um, and in in the post match, Paul Hurst was talking about that. How in the week he's, you know, he's telling him, you know, keep on going, and he's you know, you'll get his goal and, and I think this was a classic kind of pain goal wasn't it? Yeah. good strike but quite clear to the keeper but you know if maybe two weeks ago that would have gone wide um, but he had yeah, a bit of luck there and he went in the back of the net and hopefully this will be he's obviously he missed the South End game that he got a knock Injury, but yeah. hopefully he'll be back for Oldham and yeah back at home and hopefully yeah he'll start scoring some goals again because yeah interesting point about penalties it'd be nice to see Morris and Payne to start getting some goals again yep yeah, I think they deserve to be penalised. Just going back to the goal, though, did you think it was going in after it hit the goalkeeper? Because it obviously spir- spiralled up, and I I thought it was going wide or over. It didn't look like it was going to land in the net, did it? No, it didn't. It was one of those weird ones, wasn't it? The ball kind of yeah, kind of spun off at a weird kind of <laughs> angle and speed, and then it hit the back of the net. And yeah, it was a it's a, a nice set, and it was nice to also um, yeah have that extra extra goal because as we know, we've um, a lot of our games this season we've um, only had a one goal margin. Yep. So it was really nice to get that second goal. It was, and as I say, we played out the rest of the time then. No, no real threats as usual and um, no. yeah I thought, thought we were very very comfortable from that point onwards um, for the last sort of 15 minutes you didn't didn't feel yeah. like we were going to concede did you? No good game management from yes. Tal Salap Perfect. as always um, and yeah it was really really nice to see Good stuff so there we go that was the last home game of 2017 and it was it was another win um, we'll come to some 2017 stats later on that we picked up on but um yeah, all in all, everyone went away looking forward to their Christmas dinner with uh, smiles on their faces. It did, yeah, they did. So um, so who did you go for your top three? Uh, I I mean, we haven't really talked about him too much in this game because he was just immense as usual. I went for Nolan for my man of the match. Um, yeah. It was very close for me between Nolan and Carlton Morris, and, and I think Carlton Morris was exceptional, but I also think Nolan was exceptional. I think of the of the midfield three, he really ran the show. Um, I think when Godfrey doesn't play, he stands out even more in some respects, which is quite interesting. But um, yeah, his passing was exceptional. His reading of the 
play and his work rate in in terms of breaking it down and, and Agogo was just as good in that respect but that little bit of craft and quality he's got was there were some moments where we were breaking and he played little reverse passes or took a touch and just swept Class past the player and it's just so good to watch and I don't know I've been giving him man of the match quite a lot but I just thought he was fantastic but I, honestly it was really close Carl Morris I gave number two in uh, for reasons I talked about before hold up play was brilliant Again, work rate is exactly what you expect out of a poor Hurst player. Um, and he's just... Why, oh, poor guy deserves a goal for his work rate in the last three games. Um, and it'll come. It really will. He's He's been so good. Um, and then for third, I went for Sadler. I could have given it to two or three other players. I think a lot of players play well in that game. But um, he's been one of those players that's gone under the radar again in the last few weeks. And, and again, you know, it wasn't like Pompey didn't have any attacks during the game. One of the reasons they, they were reduced to long shots was that he and... Toto, but I think Sadler maybe stood out a little bit more, won every header, won every tackle, got in the way of everything they could, and I, I thought he was, again, a real good sort of, you know, captain, I know he's not the captain, but he's vice-captain, real good leader performance at the back that is one of the reasons why we are keeping so many clean sheets at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah, I'd agree with all those comments. Cool. Um, I went for Carl Morris first, yep. and, you know, if he'd scored a goal, he definitely would have easily got man on natural knee, but I yes. thought his general play and his effort and just his drive to um, to get that penalty. Um, yeah, him and Gogo completely won that penalty for us, so fair play to them. I went for Nolan second again, just a masterclass performance from mm-hmm. Nolan. I went for a Gogo just for his hard work and also his contribution for the second goal. Yeah. So, yeah, really pleased. And, yeah, it's one of those, it's, you know, <laughs> thinking thinking back to last season when we really struggled. I mean, it was a really nice picking top three in this game. Nice to have lots of options. Yeah, but you could, you know, we, we, sometimes we talk about these games, you don't mention some players' names at all when it makes you seem like no. they didn't play well, but... Beckles did fantastic again out of position at left yeah, back. Bolton he's really settled in game. that position, hasn't he now? Yep, Henderson made several saves. You know, just mentioned Toto had another good game. You know, again, the only ones you'd point fingers at really of not being at peak performance was really Wally in, in some respects. What Rodman, but we're yeah, saying, exactly. saying the same thing for weeks now, really, which is a bit strange. Yeah. But even then, they, they, they were, you know, six sevens out of tens. They weren't fives and fours out of ten. No, so, yeah, it was good all round team performance. Yep, so yeah, so that's exactly what Paul has said. So, oh, okay. very good team, very good team performance. And you take into account the opposition who are second in the league in the form table. Yep. Um, as you said, but overall, we dominated for large parts and did not create, we did not create a ton of chances, but we looked the best side and moved the ball well. Um, no free or threats from Pompey made them defend. Um, and then he, then interestingly, I did have a look for what Kenny Jacket said because he's always a quite an honest, an honest bloke and always keen to hear what he had to say. And he says it hurts me to say this, but Shrewsbury were better than us. Yes. They were relentless and deserved to win. Um, they closed down very quickly. And we couldn't get any momentum on the ball. While the second goal really typified the way the game went. Um, so I thought that was quite, quite. He's a, he's a good, he's a nice bloke, and you know he's not like the you know the Phil Brown or you know just kind of seems to talk absolute nonsense after the game. He's an honest bloke, and yeah, it was quite, it's quite nice to get some um, praise from from him. But you know me, Ollie. After my, you know, we should get Kenny Jacket and his manager instead of Paul Hurst back last season. I think you know one day I'd like to see him be at this football club. I think he's a very sensible manager for this level with a, with a good experience and and he knows the game. And I think that's a that's a word we've not really used me or you between ourselves on this podcast about the town, but. Relentless. That's a that's a really yeah, good word really to describe word, this Shrewsbury Town team. I think that's something we should, yeah, we should be bringing into these conversations a bit more because it is relentless. Yeah, I, was, I, I um, I can't remember who which game it was. I think it must have been the Pompey game, and I saw a quote. Um, I couldn't be, I couldn't find it from one of the central defenders. Um, I think it was a Pompey central defender, and he was just almost in awe of they just. Like he said, I can see why they're second. Yeah, and they just do not give up. And it's almost, you know, be interesting to be interesting to have been a fly in the wall, you know, in their pro in their debrief after the mm. game about, you know, maybe this has helped them to inspire them to win a few more games. You know, this is how you win games in League One. It yeah. was a, it was a mass- that game literally for me was as a, as a if you had to say to someone. I want to see how Shrewsbury play. Tell them, watch the Pompey game and you'll see everything what is Shrewsbury Town this season. Yeah. It's a Paul Hurst team. Yeah. But then we moved on to Wigan, didn't we, Ollie? And we there, did. Are, there are two different ways. Two different ways to skin a cat in this league. There and are, you know, yeah. you can't be relentless and, and do all of the, the fancy nice things. I mean, yeah, we'll come to how quite how we play, but it was it was a different strategy. And, you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't you do that when you're going away to Wigan? So yeah, do you want to just run through some of the Wigan things, the team and everything, and we'll get into that game. Yep, yeah, so um uh, only change here in the team was was Hend- um, Henderson, sorry. Henderson was in goal. <laughs> Bolton, Nasala, Sadler, Beckles. Godfrey came in for, for Bryn, yep. which I could see why he did that against um, against the team that is Wigan in terms of their class midfield Physical players. Case, yeah. yeah, and also a bit of pace as well. He's a bit faster and he's a bit more a defensive midfielder than, than yeah. a ball player um, than Bryn Morris. So normal um, banker four, but front of them and Morris kept his place up front. 
Um, and only four points separated the teams um, um, in terms of going into this game. So that's just a testament to how well we've done. So there's a big attendance um, for League One, um, over 11,000, um, but over 1,300 Salat fans, uh, which was good. Yeah, for, for a Boxing Day game, I thought it was a bit of a rubbish home attendance, to be honest with you, for a team of Wigan size. You know, there was only... But for, for League One, I mean, it's, it's still a Yeah, bit... good for League One, but for, for Wigan, you know, this big championship club it's not like their fans have really stuck with them from the glory days have they no. but um yeah they weren't very weren't even very loud either there we're gonna no, they were they, they were pretty but, poor um, yeah we were there but pretty yeah poor boxing day, there offline wasn't offline and online so weren't they <laughs> i put i put a chat to talk about um the bitterness yeah. of Wigan fans later on but um yeah it was it was it was a real challenge for us wasn't it because you know they'd obviously played the weekend before when we played portsmouth and beat oxford 7-0 so it was a bit nervy yeah going into the game you, you got to play on your mind on it if the yeah. team had just been seven against oxford and oxford are not like you know the bottom of the league or like berry you know stranded there they, you know they're a, they're a respectable team, team. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah um so yeah the, the result was nil nil um, and that means that 180 minutes we're going to have not scored against us which is just <laughs> testament to how well um, we how well we defend too right because they think they've got the best defence in the league haven't they because they've let less goals than us at this stage of the season but you know, it, they, they, you know I think that by proving that we've blocked their attack off they don't have to face their attack so I'm going to technically say we've got the best defence in the league <laughs> a, what a point for Salah there I know fantastic so yeah it was, it was a great result and, and I say re- relentlessness was, was one word you can use but I think that um, commitment was the word to use in this game wasn't it Ollie I think about yeah. this performance in general but um, yeah we can talk about that at the end when we review it all but um, yeah I think the team was sensible I was glad to see Godfrey back because he played so well against Wigan in that first game at home that he obviously you know he, he matched up well with their central midfielders and, and kept them honest because um, they have got some good players to be fair and, and I think that yeah uh, well uh, we'll talk about the general part of it in a minute but yeah it was, yeah. It, was it was good wasn't it and I think that you know we Talk about the first half, I suppose, going into that. It was it was a case of um, you know, looking to take our chances when they came because they weren't they were few and far between, weren't they? But that didn't yeah. mean that we were penned back all the time, did it? No, I think it's you know, um we'll come on to some of the wing comments later on, but um we played counter attacking football. No, we didn't come here. It wasn't like Portsmouth or, you know, we go away to, you know, other teams where you see the possession stats and we're off you know, it's off quite often we're we're higher even away from home than the opposition. Um, but clearly we weren't going to do that away at Wigan. Um, obviously, uh, only a few days um, since the Pompey game. Um, and yeah, we played counter-attack in football. And I'm not having this that we just came to defend. We didn't. We came. We did, Whenever we got the chance, we did counter-attack. And actually, the first chance came to came to Shrewsbury from a counter-attack. So, so we got the ball, we counter-attack, got forward, then, then basically played the ball around nicely as we do. Yeah. And then it was an inverted cross by Rodman and, and Gogo headed it over. And that was a real, a real good chance. Yeah, it was. Uh, missed, unfortunately. Shame it fell to a go-go, but yeah, yeah <laughs> standard, standard approach, exactly. isn't it? If it had been yeah. anyone else, we might have been uh, one nil up there. But yeah, uh, yeah. First, the counter-attacking things, right? I was I was reading some stuff about the South End game, and one of the sort of fans, the fanzine, the South End fanzine, the all at it's called the All at Sea fanzine, had um, been doing some stuff on the game, and he described our tactics at South End, which I think maybe reflected a little bit what we did at Wigan as. Shrewsbury Town work smart. You know, they didn't park the bus. They just work smart. You know, there's parts of the game where you don't need to get involved and you can stand off and you can defend well, but there are also opportunities there. And, and, you know, we had the ball and we passed it around quite a bit. And then Wigan would have a little period of play where, you know, it was difficult for us to get a touch of the ball, but we, we, we would, we still had them at arm's length a lot of the time, a little bit like we were doing to the bigger teams at the start of the season. So yeah, I think as you described it, there was was pretty fair, and I, I do think the description of working smart was a good description of how we were how we were playing at Wigan. Yeah, and we frustrated them, didn't we? So yeah. Um, so in terms of like the first chances, let's kind of go through them quite quickly. So um, Grig um, had a as a chance where, and this is a bit where I was kind of watching the game back, and I never noticed they're they're not. You know, we we've talked before about kind of you know playing the game, um, kind of like and being a bit cheeky, you know, yep. taking um, you know. But Greg is just, I, I don't like him as a. Well, my, it's kind of play. You don't mind playing in your own team, but playing oh, against yeah. him, he's a bit of a winger. So he hit the ball against Sadler's thigh and claimed for a penalty, um, just straight away, which is just a bit odd. Mm. Um, and then the ball, but the ball stays in play, goes to the um, to the fullback, who crosses it in, and he heads it back, and it hits the top of the crossbar. Yeah, that little flick header, wasn't it? That was yeah. a good chance. Though. And then Grig had another chance not too long later where Sadler gets kind of in a poor position and Grig nudges him off the, off the ball out yeah. of the way. Um, and then he has a, a shot. But then, yeah, it was very near post and quite an easy save for Dino, really. Yeah, that was right in front of us, both of those chances, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the game started to heat up in the middle of the park um, <laughs> where kind of a few challenges started flying in on Evans and... Um, Powell. 
and Powell, yeah, who didn't really like it. And it's quite funny because we limited them to long range efforts. Yes, um, but they did win quite a few corners, didn't they? Yeah, but we but the defenders were fantastic in this game. Yeah, um, the amount of pressure they were under at times and the, the resoluteness that they showed, particularly Toto and um, Sadler again in in the centre mid in the centre backs, but also Beckles, considering playing out of position against probably one of the best wingers in this division. Let's let's not make any mistake yeah, about he it. Yeah, good player. He was really really good Beckles for for the position and, and the situation where we're in. So um, and that was good. And Bolton also offered us a lot going forward, but again his defensive play was impeccable in this game for for a lad that was playing non-league this time last year. So all four of them deserve some fantastic um, credit for the way that they dealt with a lot of because the referee was giving them pretty much every free kick, wasn't he, all the bloody yeah. time? And they dealt with a lot of set pieces and and you know there wasn't that many chances that came from the set pieces. So credit credit to all of them. But yeah, you say you say Grigg is a moaner. Um, one of my favourite things about this season so far is how little change uh, Powell got out of us. Because at the home game, he was a disgrace and got subbed off, didn't he? And um, just moaned about everything and didn't really have as big influence on the game as he, as he needed to. Because basically, a go-go got right up in his face and rattled him. That's all he can say about um, um, Powell. But the same thing happened in the second game. Like you said, it heated up in the centre of the park. A go-go put a couple of challenges in on him, which he didn't like. Referee didn't didn't give any free kicks because they were fair. And at one point they sort of went up to each other chest to chest, didn't they? And Agogo yeah. didn't back down, even though he's probably like a foot shorter than him. And I just thought <laughs> that kind of shows Agogo's drive and you know influence on the game. He, he he wanted to just niggle that guy because he knows he can be a good player. And I think that that was one of the things that worked so well. I, I thought Powell was did not have the influence on the game that a player of that quality should have. And, and teams are looking at buying him now. I know Villa are looking at potentially spending a couple of million quid on him. So to shut a player down and, and reduce that impact he had on the game that well, I think credit to all the midfielders as well. Yeah, he needs to work on that part of the, of yep. the side of his game because he does get rattled. And yeah, I think it's almost like maybe, obviously we haven't seen the Oxford game, but I imagine that they've gave Evans and um, Powell licence to roam. Yeah. And um, we just don't do that. With our three midfield, central midfielders, we just press and press and press and press and didn't like it. Um, so just to kind of finish off the first half, um, Hedison yep. saved the ball and does what he does to kind of like, you know, waste a few seconds and then dives on the ball <laughs> and Greg kicks Henderson and then starts moaning to the rest. Obviously we don't know what he said, but like, it's just, yeah, he was whinging a lot in that, in that, in that game, yep. particularly the first half. They, they did think the ref was being unfair to them, didn't he? Because didn't they have a couple of like ropey penalty shouts? And one, yeah. the one guy dived in the box, didn't he? He Come. should have been booked for that. How did he not get booked? Yeah, you've not put that on the agenda. Have you missed that, Ollie? <laughs> yeah, I've for, completely forgotten about that. Um, yeah, he, he can play. So for those who weren't there, he came running in from the right, from Bolton's area, and then just kind of went down. And how did he not get booked? And it that's where you have to kind of question some of the referee's decision and a bit how biased he was. How did he not get booked for that? Yeah, uh, but I think Shrewsbury Town fans had just as right, just as much of a right to complain about some of the referees' decisions as Wigan fans did. You know, he had a he had a performance where he tended to give a lot of the simple free kicks to Wigan, but for us, he missed out on a couple of big chan- big moments for us as well. And I I thought it was it was a bit unfair in, in general, but he didn't have the greatest game all round. I don't think, but um, no. Wigan used that as one of their excuses at the end. So <laughs> yeah. we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, you know, nil nil at half time. It was a massive roar from the the. What, what, it was almost two thousand, wasn't it? Oh, what, what was it? One thousand four hundred. One thousand four hundred. What, what an attendance! Yeah. Away from home, that is on Boxing Day. To be honest with you, that's fantastic. And yeah, every single one of us round, roundly cheered them off. Um, even my, my, I took Rory to the game, and he was loving it as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, good half that in terms of the res- resoluteness of it. Yeah, it's worth mentioning really that the town fans at this point, because basically we turned it into a bit of a home, um, home support, didn't we? In yeah. terms of this and the noise, and obviously giving them a bit of banter in terms of you're supposed to be at home. <laughs> and Lewis Cox mentioned this when he was talking to Paul Hurst. Um, in the post-match about how noisy they were um, and town fans were. So, no, it was very, very good performance from town fans. And, yeah, so second half, this is one of the, this is one of the, f- the fouls that kind of really, well, fouls, free kick given away that really frustrates me. Beckles touches the player, so he does touch his, with his hand. Yeah. Uh, and they gave a free kick, and the referee wasn't even looking at it, and then he booked him. Yeah. So it was a really, really poor decision. So he wasn't even, the referee didn't even really notice the event. It was a nothing foul. It wasn't even a foul. He gets booked for it for no Gosh. reason. Yeah. And, and, then, and then they have a free kick, which hits the wall and goes over. Um, and then there, was another, then there was a good opportunity from a corner. So they had quite a lot of... We had a bit of practice in defending set places in this game, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I thought we played better in the second half, in general. Yeah, we did. I, I, as much as like a mo- most of the sort of chances we're going to talk about now... Um, I think it's probably going to be being Wigan ones. I think we generally yeah. attack them better and we had more of the ball and we were, we were less defensive until the last 10, 10, 12 minutes where we really did sit back, which you'd expect really, wouldn't you, in this situation for us to, to yeah. try and defend out a nil-nil with 10 minutes to go at Wigan. That's a fantastic result for us. 
but I thought that the first 20, 25 minutes, half an hour of the, of the first, second half, we were much better. Um, and yeah, it kind of resulted in our best chance of the game, didn't it? Where oh, it was so unlucky, where um, Nolan did one of his classic driving yeah. runs um, after Rodman had nicked the ball back, and, and we went, all of us as a unit, went, got forward. Um, stretched their defence and Nolan just took a couple of touches and, and shot and it was going in for sure and it took a deflection off a defender and it sort of bounced and spiralled up didn't it and oh, it just just dropped wide in front of all the Town fans and it was so agonisingly close um, and yeah a corner which we, we didn't do too well from but um, that was that was the chance wasn't it if we'd have scored there I think we might have held on we'd have gone mad yeah I had a feeling I had a feeling that we were I just had this sense of feeling that you know we were going to get a scrappy goal um, <laughs> I just had that feeling it was going to happen but but yeah as you said um, you know there's quite a few just probably let's give credit to Wigan they did have quite a few chances yeah, yeah, so yeah. they had um, so super cross from the left back and Powell couldn't get enough on the ball he basically one of those kind of he beat the offside trap he um, was one on one with Henderson yeah he should have scored um, and then um, Power came on for, for, for was it for Powell who went off that point yeah, yeah I Powell think it was off, yeah. and then he then he was his first touch hit the crossbar <laughs> and then this bit really kind of amused me because highlight um, so yes the guy in front of me turned around and said why are you having a go at uh, uh, Tony did a really good job for us. What? When <laughs> uh, we, we were um, the guys I was with, Ian and Callum and my brother, and we all just looked at each other, going like, "What planet was this guy on?" Bang like, average. I said he was, yeah, he was bang average. He didn't really work very hard. He was a bit of a show pony. So when he, it was a really, really nice build-up play from Wigan, and he missed, he missed a super, super chance on the basic it, six-yard it was unbelievable, line, that chance. and everyone just started land, um, laughing, and then yeah, Shrewsbury Town fans. Um, yeah, chanted about um, Tony what what he likes to do in his spare time. So yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> but yeah, there we. But I say that. I mean, we're not you know big headed, and, and being big headed as a fan base, I think every huge town fan who was there will know how good of a team we're gonna are. We're not knocking them or, or no. saying they haven't got a good team. They're, they're quite clearly favourites to win this league still, aren't they, Ollie? Which is why getting a point at their place, despite us, you know, staying four points behind them in terms of the title race. Was was a fantastic result, and and no wonder that the town fans were absolutely going mental on the final whistle because Wigan's fans were like, "Why are they cheering nil nil away at Wigan?" I was like, well, "If you don't understand why we're cheering a nil nil point away at Wigan, considering where we've come from, what the seasons means to us, and and what you know what we're doing." You don't really get football, I don't think. I think Wigan's no. fans are a bit deluded in that respect. Yeah, they are. It's a really good, yeah, it's a really good um, kind of um, link to my comment. Like, I was going to say my comment about the Wigan fans is they, they see them online and they love to gloat about what a big team they are. I know we're the Man City of the League One and, <laughs> and their attitude and stuff is like, yeah, we're the, we're the big boys. And, and to be fair, Shrewsbury Town fans have been a little, were a little bit like that when we were in League Two, don't we? Sometimes we get a little bit big headed. Not like that, though. No, 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 not to that extent, but I was trying to be fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are those fans just kept going on about what a big team they are. But then whenever whenever an, where an underdog comes and gets a result against them, they can't stand it. And I don't say all, because there are, there are a few sensible Wigan fans yes, uh, online are. who are chatting. But the majority of the ones who were quite vocal were, they don't get it. So they love gloating and being the big boys. You know, we beat Oxford 7-0 and we're going to walk this league. But as soon as someone comes up to them and nullifies them, they're like, like Man United fans of old. Like, you can't do this. We're Wigan. You, sh- you should sit back and let us beat you 7-0. No. And, and you, you know... Uh, the, the the humongous amount of credit goes to Paul Hurst on this result for me because you know he tinkered with our tactics very slightly from the previous two game home games where we were more fluid and, and an exciting football you know you talked about that being back to our best but he, he knows you can't play like that at Wigan and expect to get a result you know it's almost like what Bristol Rovers did when they came to ours they didn't adapt their tactics they, they were playing a very good informed shooting team they didn't adapt their tactics and they got smashed four 0 if yeah. we'd have gone there and tried to play the f- pure expansive football that we've been playing week in week out at home or during some of those better away performances we'd got smashed we probably would have lost yeah, exactly. 7-0 do you know what I mean and you know you can't expect us to not want to go there and at least play certain elements of the game in a defensive fashion but still look to use our obvious skills in the counter-attacking department to still try and get a goal and it's exactly what we did Paul Hurst played it straight up bang perfectly and, and you know he, he did fantastic in terms of his tactics in this game. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's interesting, actually. I did see a comment um, from a Wigan fan on Twitter, and he said that the um, the 7-0, he said, is going to be a disaster for us. He <laughs> said, because a lot of our fans are now going to expect to beat every team 4-0, and that's yeah. just not going to happen. So I thought that's quite that was quite insightful, for not only for that fan to kind of notice that point, but also it says quite a lot about their own fans, if one of their own 
is then saying that's going to cause us yeah. problems. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they went on to draw nil-nil with Charlton. And then it's really funny. It was almost like you could delete Shrewsbury from all their comments, insert Charlton. And yeah, now Charlton were the, the biggest tin pot team to turn up <laughs> at the DW Stadium this season. The interesting thing about that Charlton game was that Charlton took in a hugely weakened team to Wigan. They played yeah, like they four or five young lads because they've got, poor old Charlton have, have, were doing well and they've just faded in the last couple of weeks because they've got a horrendous, horrendous um, amount of injuries at the moment. And they couldn't even beat like a weak Weakened, like they were playing the strongest Shrewsbury Town team, really, weren't they? Other than Brown, yeah. but they couldn't beat a weakened Charlton team. And so, be interesting if they if they go on to to, to not get a result against Northampton on um, New Year's Day, which is where they are. I mean, Northampton are pretty rubbish, so you'd expect they're them to go there and win. So, so you talking about Wigan or Charlton? Sorry, Wigan. Yeah, Wigan. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Because Charlton are playing Gillingham, aren't they? Yeah, no, no, Wigan. I mean, if they don't go there and get a result, then you know it'd be interesting to see how much that that seven 0 result did affect them. Because you know, <sighs> it, it, if we beat Oldham, we'd be top of the league. That would be so funny. You'd be <laughs> Straight on Twitter when you're going to that. I'll be, be, be loving that. So there we go. But there we go. I'll ask you about your top three for this game, then, Ollie. First, I'm going to put Give Bolton the first. Yep. I thought he was excellent, absolutely excellent. It was obviously a game where he defended more than his attacking intent, mm-hmm. but I thought he was brilliant, absolutely yeah. solid. And yeah, fair play to Bolton. He didn't know nothing went down his side. He was um, really strong. Won lots of headers, a few clearances, and yeah, Bolton for me had a fantastic game. And um, then I went for Godfrey because um, I thought he was just a yeah, really, really good. And a lot, you know, when when you've got him um, steaming back, and he really often sl- um, slows down or stops counter attacks um, yes. with, with his with his hard work and his pace. And then I went for Nolan because, you know, it was he did a lot of kind of defensive work in this game rather than yes. attacking, uh, but he was still a threat when he got the ball. Um, so yeah, that was mine. He was a key point of the transition, wasn't he, Nolan? When we were yeah. trying to get out, and he did that really well. And then I agree with Godfrey. He um, he certainly deserved his place back on that performance. He was he was it was a, a top level League One performance that for a descent, the central defensive midfielder. So yeah, I agree with all those. They all had, all had good games. I went for Toto as my man of the match. I thought considering the amount of pressure we came under at very key points of the game. Um, he was incredibly influential in clearing our lines a lot and making sure we got a foot or a thigh or a knee or a or a head on a ball and just getting it out of our box. And, and actually, his distribution wasn't even too bad. When he did have a bit of time, he, he found either Godfrey or Nolan and he got the ball going. And um, yeah, I thought in terms of you know a game where we were going to be under more pressure than probably any other game this season for a centre-back, he, he stood tall and he stood firm and, and, and did, did a good job. I completely agree with you for Bolton. I went for him for second place. I think... Potentially his best defensive performance for this football club so far. Um, I know he's only been here since since August, but um, considering again, say Wiggins, both both Wiggins wingers are fantastic players, um, and he, he stood well against one of the qu- quickest and paciest wingers in the league. And again, for the reasons I talked about just before, I went for Beckles number three again for a similar reason, and also. You know, he would have been the one weak link that Wigan probably would have looked at a centre back playing out of position. And yeah, big lad as well. You know, jockeying is quite difficult when you're that tall. Yeah, he didn't look out of position. That's what that's the best thing you can say about him at the moment. So yeah, I think I went for three defenders because I I think that kind of shows how hard and how manfully we stood up against a good Wigan attack. Um, yeah, and I've, I've just kind of added on to Beckles as well as that, you know, if we were sitting really, really deep, um, you'd have had the winger supporting Beckles, but often Beckles was one-on-one versus the winger because we weren't as defensive, you know, we weren't super, super defensive. So, yeah, no, completely agree with that. Beckles had a, had a good game. And yeah, if I had a fourth spot, I would have gone for Beckles. No, good. Okay, there you go. Cool. So what did Paul Hurst have to say? So he's very clear, you know, Wigan will be champions, a lot of good players, much bigger budget than us. Um, but we had spells in the game too. We had our chances and we came, they came on strong at the end, but we played our part in a competitive game. There, was n- there wasn't a lot of chances for either team. Um, and he said before the game we would have taken a point. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And then interestingly on the town fans, um, he said someone before the game, I imagine it was Witters or something like that, said to him, you know, we'll be taking over a thousand and he couldn't see it. He didn't think we'd have over a thousand. Obviously we smashed that <laughs> with, with nearly 1,400. So yeah, that was quite interesting. The away attendances are going up and up all the time at the moment. Yeah, they are, yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. So that was, that was uh, God, what day was that? Jesus, it's Christmas. You forget what the days were. That was Boxing Day, wasn't it? So <laughs> yeah, we had a, little, was, yeah. had a little break then for the rest of the week through to the, the next game, which was, we're recording this on a Sunday morning because it's New Year's Eve today, isn't it, Ollie? Yep. So um, you didn't think it would be a good idea to record a podcast at seven o'clock tonight um, on, <laughs> on New no. Year's Eve. Um, I suspect you'll probably be really drunk by then. But um, I've got kids. I ain't doing anything, so I could have done it. But yeah, we've gone Sunday morning. So this game was yesterday. Um, and as I say, we both... Uh, miss this game. Um, I had to save me powder for bigger battles to come down the line. Um, so I'm going to Blackburn now, uh, away on which is the next away game. So yeah, it's a long way to South End, um, and we still took a credible amount of fans there, didn't we? I think it was off 300 odd. We just said yeah, before. 300 so, or so fans, yeah. And the result was South End United one, 
Shrewsbury Town 2, which is a bloody amazing result, again, to be honest with you, in the context of this season. Um, OG by, uh, was it Coker, I think it was, on 18 minutes? Yeah. And then Ben Godfrey's uh, Thunderbolt on 40 minutes um, in front of 7,760 fans. So, um, yeah, there we go. And uh, this was this looked like a really tough game before, before we get into what happened, because they'd been doing fantastic, hadn't they? Yeah, we've, we've last few weeks we've, and that's why it's you know we as you said it we said at the start of the pod um, about you know get picking picking up um, seven points from nine mm. um, over Christmas was good, but not only that we were playing obviously inform Pompey and inform Southend and, and Southend who had yeah. beaten yeah and inform Wigan um, and who and Southend had beaten Charlton three once you know so they're no mugs so yeah they're a good side. Um, They'd only lost like one game in thirty something at home yeah. in the last season and a half. So again, just very very strong home amazing. record. Yeah. I think I think Lewis Cox said it was like I think it's the best the fifth best home record versus the fifth best away record. Oh wow! So obviously two good teams going into in in, in on form, mm. and the and the two one win is just. Yeah, points total means that now we've got fifty-one points, and which we're is safe. the same. Yeah, the same number of points you got last season, but we've still got twenty-two games to go. <laughs> twenty-two games. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of points. Um, so a lot of points still on offer. Um, yeah. So sixty-six points on offer, um, and we've got fifty-one already. So that's just fantastic. Get hundred points yet, Ollie? We could get hundred points. Yes, Sheffield United last season got ninety-eight, so a hundred is 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 doing one. But um, yeah, you never know. There's we there's sixty-six points up for grabs, so well, it is possible. Tough, just, but it's possible. Before we get into this game, actually, Ollie, and I suppose off the back of this game and, and the Wigan game, because um, obviously we won, and we'll come in, we'll come on to this game. I mean, neither of us were there, so it probably won't take too long to go through this game. But you know, there's there's now the. Do you think we are still? Like we did expectations, didn't we? We went on radio disruption. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And they asked us about expectations. But off the back of these two results, do you? We really should be having a crack at home for the title, shouldn't we? Title. I wouldn't. I'm not sure if I'd say title, oh, but I would say automatic. Go yeah, for I, automatic, definitely. I think the title, the titles, as we've almost kind of experienced from the League Two season under Mellon, you know. Winning the title is really, really tough. It and is, you've yeah. took our budget compared to the teams that are chasing us. So you've got Blackburn, you've got Bradford and some of the other teams. I think it's going to be, I think to win the league is going to be really tough. Hard. But yeah. yeah, you know, as Paul Hurst said at the end of this game, he, isn't, he said he hasn't really got any targets now. It's just to get as many points as possible. And who knows? Yeah, we come to March time and April time. Who knows where we might be? And yeah, if we've got a chance then, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think Shrewsbury... We're looking with versus Wigan can say we're definitely trying to win the league, mm. but we can definitely one of our objectives definitely should be trying to get automatic. Yeah, it relies on Wigan having a massive bubble and probably Blackburn as well. But you know, out of the rest of the league, you know, there's only those two teams that really could put a monster run together, I think, and and go away with it and be totally uncatchable. And I think that yeah. you know, go we're going into the first game of 2018 tomorrow. You know, we'll all be we'll all be at the Oldham game, and you know, you're two points behind the league leaders. Um, you can't, you know you can't rule us out being in that title fight. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. That was just an aside. I was just thinking about. It. But um, go on. We'll go through go through the South End game now. What was the team? So um, so it was the same team that played against Wigan. So Godfrey kept his place. Henderson, Bolton, Asala, Sadda, Beckles, Godfrey, Wally, Nolan, Ogogo, Rodman, Morris, um, yep. Payne didn't travel. Mm. He had a knock. Um, I think it was a hamstring knock from the Wigan game. And the pitch at South End apparently is terrible. Um, so he didn't want to risk. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to risk it. Um, so yeah, so 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 yeah. Let's let's fly through this game pretty quickly. Um, yeah, you've seen you've seen the extended highlights, haven't you? I've only just watched like the YouTube. Highlights, no, so it's, it's you too early, Glenn. It's only it's oh, only right. nine o'clock when I was watching these. And extended highlights don't normally come out till midday. Wait, is they out of bed yet? No, they're not the out of bed yet. Or if they are, they probably don't. Yeah, they don't do Shrewsbury yet. They're probably doing the Championship first. So <laughs> the goal, um, classic Tangal goal again. Um, so. Um, Counter-attack started by Rodman, uh, tackling their their winger or their full-back. He played like a... It wasn't a, it wasn't a one, 2 one on purpose, but it ended up being a 2-1 with Morris, who gave the ball back to him. Rodman runs the length of the pitch, and then the full-back, the th- um, number three, is kind enough to head the ball into the back of the net. Lovely so, header. Yeah, lovely header. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, really oddly, that own OG meant that I won an any-time goal-score bet. Oh, God. So I had, had um, pain... Um, as an any time goal scorer, then realised he didn't travel, which was which was rubbish. Um, but yeah, this is an own G. And for some reason, I won thirty quid from like two oh. quid or something. So yeah, yeah, that was quite nice. So thanks for Merry, that. Merry Christmas! Yeah, yeah, there exactly. Yeah. 
um, so yeah, the rest of the game. So there was a goal line clearance from Bolton. Um, oh, again, another this. clearance. That yeah, really, really unbelievable. good positional play. Yeah, really good positional play. And got in front of Henderson, but Henderson was quite relieved wasn't he, for him to get rid of the ball. He gave him a big hug, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. And then, yeah, do you, do you want to describe the goal, um, Glenn, the second goal? Well, yeah, I say I've only seen it on the highlights, and even on the highlights, it, it was it was given um, sort of the, one of the top four goals in the EFL yesterday, wasn't it? They always have a Sky always have a vote for the top goal in the EFL, and I think it came third. Unfortunately, he didn't win it, but um, yeah, it's just about number of votes, isn't it? Not yeah, necessarily the goal. We don't have enough fans, and if any team like you know a bigger team with a bigger fan base has it, all their fans vote for it. But in terms of look, I looked at all four of those goals, and it certainly had the, you know the right to be in the top one or two. So. Yeah, Wally Corner headed away um, because Wally can't actually ever find anyone from the corner. So that's <laughs> even, fine. Um, even even Vicky Archer, BBC Shropshire, commented on <laughs> yeah. his corners. Yeah, Vicky Archer, she seems to know what she's talking about. That was that was impressive. Um, yeah, and then it came out to Godfrey, and it was one of those goals where I love where he, the ball came to him and he just took a lovely cushion touch off his knee, which is so hard. You know, anyone that's played football before will know this goal is really hard controlled it lovely with his knee and then he just swung his foot at it as it was it was bouncing back up and it just I don't know I wanted to swear then but he just smashed it into the top right hand corner didn't he and it was like unsavable and it was yeah. it must have been going about 8 miles an hour the ball he absolutely creamed it and for someone that has never scored for us before <laughs> what a first way to open your account for the football club it was it was a, an absolutely class finish yeah it was and it was quite funny um, um, Paul Hurst said you know you can tell he doesn't score very often because he didn't know what to do with himself and he said he jumped in he said he jumped around and then he ended up just like, like screaming in the middle of the pitch brilliant <laughs> which is quite funny one of the Matt Ashton photography people um, took a goal of him and he was jumping up in the air like doing a, a goal punch. of him a photo of him a photo of him yeah sorry <laughs> a photo of the goal um, and his celebration I think you know when we look back on this season then we, we if we select sort of 10 15 photographs of the whole season that's going to be one of the iconic photos because it's just it kind of encapsulates the i don't know the joy and, and excitement the that desire the, the feeling yeah. from these goals um so yeah a great photograph that i will retweet it on the on the twitter account at some point it was it was a great photo but yeah great two nil up half time and and sounded like it was completely deserved we, we'd not been completely parking the bus you know like, i didn't see that from south end fans i think we as i say we played smart and we played sensible and um we got our rewards when they came Yep, no, definitely. So, and then, um, yeah, so there's a, we did have chance in the second half, but I think it's worth just kind of noting that the possession stats weren't great in our favour. No, no. So it was 62% in the end um, against 38 for Shrewsbury. Um, and they did have more shots and more shots at yeah. target than us. But we did have a chance. So there's a good, good again, Morris again. So good cross from Bolton, uh, controlled by Morris and um, basically shot from Nolan, but it was deflected wide. Um, and then it's worth just kind of mentioning Dean Henderson. So he had a double save from Simon Cox. Yeah, this was done. Um, yeah, a good save from Niall Ranger. And then and another save from Nile Ranger who should have really have scored. Um, but we did, sorry, we completely missed it. We conceded a goal from a corner, didn't we? Yeah, we, sorry, I was going to say, they that. had a lot of shots and one of them did go in. <laughs> yeah, and it's rare for us to concede a goal from a corner. And I, was, I had a, a question for you, Glenn. Is that the first time we conceded from a corner all season? I can't really remember too many. I suspect we have conceded from corners because remember yeah. we were talking the other week about that statistic where we very, we very, let very few goals in from open play yeah. in the last few months and um, all the goals we have conceded have either come from free kicks, corners or penalties so I suspect we have but it was but yeah I don't, I don't know to be honest with you Ollie and um, but it's not yeah, many and even Hurst no. himself mentioned when he came to the club that was one of the issues we had um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we remember last season's podcast Ollie of yeah, you exactly. banging your head against a laptop screen every time we talked about uh, <laughs> conceding set from pieces. set pieces yeah. but yeah I mean yeah I mean we can go off topic again and talk a lot about things but the work that Paul Hurst has done in, in improving this defence is unbelievable and I'll come to a, a statistic later on when we go through sign up news that kind of yeah. brings that point so no so it's good so yeah let's kind of like um, close the game up when we have heard of Paul Hurst's comments obviously we weren't at the game so we can't say yeah, too exactly. much um, for Paul Hurst's comments heavy pitch it cut up badly and wasn't easy to play football on um, interestingly um, Phil Brown said that we caned we were quite smart and um, we were how did he say it? He said that basically, yeah, we came with a game plan and we kind of, yeah, we adapted to the conditions better than them, which yep. is quite embarrassing considering they play that, On that we're playing away week. from home. Yeah, which is a bit odd. Um, but actually, just going on about Brown, he actually said that, you know, Shrewsbury kind of deserved to win and played really well, which is odd considering how, how poor a loser he was um, when he came to the Meadow yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, I think that... Um 
Yeah, I mean, that's the first, is it the first team we've done the double over this season now? Took six points off? I think, I think it is, so isn't it? must be, yeah, yeah just so, at the turn um, of the season. I think now. he's finally seen the, the error of his ways and understands how much of a good team we are. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, yeah, so that was... So, in terms of what else did he have to say, so the second half was mostly about defending, but we were worthy of the points and credit to the players. He made note again that, you know, it's a long trip in the middle of the Christmas period, which is a bit harsh. Yeah. They didn't seem to care, do they, at the FA, about fans and stuff. You know, we could have should, could have been playing like Warsaw or something like that, shouldn't we, in the, over this period um, but we get to play them on a Saturday you know, in a clean break um, and then he t- said Nolan went off but not a knock just to save his leg and this pitch doesn't help him play good and he said that yeah you know brought Bryn Miras on just as a bit more defensive um, kind of um, shield yeah, yeah exactly yeah so so basically um, basically um, so now we've got the points we've got last season and basically the aim now is just to get as many points as possible yeah, um, and then later on in the um, in the um, in the interviews, um, Lewis Cox is asking him about Bolton. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, he went to quite a bit of depth about how he's really improved and he's okay. kind of comfortable at this level now. Um, he says his position has really improved and he's yeah, he gets a lot of good headers. Um, and and we've we noted, haven't we, in the last few games that his defensive performances have been really solid, and Brilliant. also his crossing as well seems to be getting. So he does seem at home now in League One, doesn't he? So which is which is you've got to give him credit because. You know, last season he was playing in quite a few divisions below League One, um, so fair play to him. And he's one of the successes of the season, isn't he? Yeah, he's, and he's ousted a really good League One player in Joe Riley. Exactly. From the team. You know, and it's not like it's not like we haven't got any cover there. He he, he probably came in thinking he was going to be the. Well, he said that, didn't that. he, in the last game? I think it was yeah. the Portsmouth game. Um, he was talking. He was interviewed by Lewis Cox. Um, it might have been the Wigan game actually. Um, and he was saying, you know, he d- he ex- didn't expect to play as many games as he has. Yeah. So that's just a testament to how how hard he's worked, and also the coaching staff in supporting him. It's, it was interesting. I listened to one of the things that Lewis Cox said after the game when he did his interview. And I think you might have missed it on here. It was like they were saying, "There's no points target going forward." But Paul Hurst jokingly said, "Well, I just want to get one more point, so we got more points than we got last year." I was like, "Brilliant!" After all this of, of achieving everything we've achieved this year, his new target for the rest of the 22 games this season is to get one. More point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's been a bit coy, isn't he? He's, no, I know he's funny. To put in, trying to put cold water on the calls in terms of again yeah, people getting too excited. So, so go on. I was going to wrap this up with just one more question for you, really, because we've made we've played three games in a really short period of time, right? And we've, yeah. we've won the last one, and it doesn't seem like our energy's diminished. You've got to just say unbelievable for the fitness that we've got at this football club again. I know we keep saying it, but this really has proved it over Christmas, hasn't it? With this run and how we've you know taken seven points from it and only made like I think maybe one change. Definitely and definitely completely agree with that. But also not only that, so this time this is last season. There's one again the training ground, so obviously that's really helped having a proper training ground and not training on you know training on water and training in on bogs and. <laughs> going all over the place, having a gym and obviously the work that Skitty's done. But I just wanted to mention in terms of also what I was leading on to is muscle injuries. So this time last year, we kept getting a lot of muscle injuries. Didn't we? Wally yeah. was out all the time and Wally's been ever present every game. And considering the amount of work that him and um, Rodman do, it's so impressive. And yeah, testament to the, the club and the, and the management team, how fit they are. And we're not picking up these muscle injuries. No. It's it's a great observation that Ollie. You're right. We aren't getting the little niggles at the moment, are we? You know, and we've played you know over half the season now. I think that's a great observation. You know, when you think about it, who's really been injured this season other than you know Junior Brown getting that bad injury? But we've not had any of the little. You know, I'm going to be out for two weeks, Gaffer. I'm going to be out for three weeks, Gaffer. I think a, a big part of that as well, Ollie. Not that people play through injuries. Is when you when you're in this sort of run, you yeah. don't want to be out of it. Do you? Well, Nolan's been play playing only with injuries. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? But I yeah, you think you're right. I do think that the the improvement in the training facilities and um, the, the the stuff we've got that must be making a difference on on injury um, avoidance, if you will. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think also interestingly uh, that um, our form has come up. So obviously we had a bit of a wobble, didn't we, from the um, the Peterborough game? Yeah. yeah. So we had the Peterborough game where we where we lost. We ha- we beat Rotherham, and then we obviously lost to Bury, lost to Bradford, drew against Milton Keynes. So the Bradford, the last six games actually includes the Bradford game. So the last six games are loss, draw, win, win, draw, win. And obviously that draw was against Wigan. So, yeah, yeah the last four games, or well, last five games, you know, so we haven't lost yet. So we've got a bit of a run going now, So which is, I think, is fantastic. And then going next, we've got Oldham. Um, you know, that's if we could get another win, that means mm-hmm. we'd be unbeaten in six. So yep. that's a, another good run of form we've pulled together through a, t- a tight Christmas period. Yeah, and then we start to dream about beating Blackburn and really putting a gap <laughs> between us and the rest. But uh, we'll come to that in a few weeks' time, Ollie. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we need to have this run because if you look at Blackburn, they're unbeaten in seven. 
I think at the moment, and they, I think they might have won six of them. And Wigan are obviously in very good form as well, other than their last two draws. So you know we can't. If you want to stay up there, you've got to keep playing at this unbelievably high level for for us. So yeah, we've got to keep the run going really, and and yeah. hopefully we'll do that against Oldham. Um, which is the next game, and we'll come to talk about that in predictions in a minute. But I think yeah, that's a good summary of those three games. I know it's been a, it's a it's a long one because you know we're trying to cover all the Christmas period in one podcast. But um, we'll move on to stand up news now. Play towards the home end. Lionel Cole, good dribbling down the left hand side, ball in towards Barnett. It's So sign up news. I think the the biggest news um, off off the field, if you will, um, in terms of good news, in terms of starting our transfer window the right way, was the brilliant news that Ben Godfrey is going to be staying at this football club until after the playoff final, which is very key, isn't it, Ollie? It's not yeah. to the end of the season; it's to the end of the playoff final. So at least the Shrewsbury Football Club are finally thinking about things and not, you know, messing up uh, loan contracts like Jake Robertson that we talked about in the Christmas special. But um, yeah, that's fantastic news, isn't it? And I think t- a testament to not only the way he's playing and how he's enjoying his football, but um, the where this football club's going, I guess, Ollie. Yeah, and the desire that he wants to um, to stay um, at the club yes. and does, wants yeah. to be part of this group um, until the end of the season. Um, and that's also a testament, also to the management team um, in that you know we've the teams like Norwich have got faith in us to look after their players yeah yeah exactly I think it's I think it's um it's it's the sort of thing that if we if we wanted one thing ticked off early doors before the transfer windows even started, which is good, it was getting Godfrey and, and him staying, and he's proved it in the last two games where he's been really good as well. So obviously proved it all season, but he, he got out the team for for Bryn Morris for a little stretch, and he's come back and, and proved a point. So yeah, fantastic, and and it was good that he he sort of signalled that intention by scoring his first goal for the club. So yeah, it was a nice week for for Ben Godfrey this week over Christmas. So yeah, well done, Ben. We look forward to some more good performances. Um, the other news is, um, I don't know if you've seen this, Ollie, but um, someone had been through the, the ticket website and counted up how many tickets were left for West Ham, and it's actually close to a sellout. There's less than a thousand tickets left now. So all those worries about it won't sell out. They did, but then Shrewsbury Town announced there was over 1,500 left. Oh, right. That's still not many, though, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's good. It is a good. Yeah. We're doing well, and we're, yeah, we're definitely going to sell out, um, no, I'd say. I didn't see that. <laughs> Never mind. Well, that's <laughs> not really sellout. It's hard. Sal- it's hard. There's a lot of stuff going flying around at uh, this time of the year. It's hard to keep a track of everything, to be fair. Sell up fake news. There we go. There that's go. what that was um, but it, it does show that we're, we're on the way and it should be a cracking atmosphere so we're on our way was that a pun to the, to the chant oh well exactly yeah there you go um, the last news I suppose really is that the, the worries we had and we haven't covered this on a podcast yet because it, it kind of came to light just after um, we did the last podcast f- for the regular games which was Sheffield Wednesday lost their manager didn't they and obviously yep. that was a big Potential issue for Paul Hurst, but he, he initially the day after, I think it was on the Monday, he went into third favourite. He was in as much as um, five, six to one, and there was obviously a, a, a debate as to whether they'd go for a, a manager like Paul Hurst or they'd look, or they'd look at a foreign manager. Which, um, but have you heard who's actually linked to the West of Sheffield Wednesday job this morning? No, not this morning. Steve McLaren earlier in the week I saw. Villas yeah. Boas. Who? Villas Boas, the, the former Chelsea manager and the Saint Petersburg oh, wow. manager who's won the Europa Cup. <laughs> Well, I don't really care now because I looked at the odds this morning on Skybet and Paul Hurst has drifted out to 35-1. to 1. So the bookies never normally get it wrong. So I think no. any worries about him going to Sheffield Wednesday have definitely drifted into the ether. But um, again, like we talked about when the Southampton job came up, we're going to have to possibly get used to it. You know, potentially the Birmingham City job might come up in the next few weeks. Have you heard the breaking news, mate? No. Nope. Nottingham Forest has sat the manager. No, there you go. So I imagine yeah. he'd be linked with that as well. Yeah, and this is the stat I was going to tell you about. Actually, it looks quite nicely now. And um, there's a, um, a stat from um, uh, a, a local, I think it's a local journalist um, from uh, from yeah, football writer from um, Football Three Six Five, yeah, and Nottingham Forest have appointed a new manager. And this is horrendous. 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, <laughs> and obviously they'll be appointing a new manager in 2018 because I doubt it they'll get one in place today. Crazy. That is a Crazy. that is a well run club. Sarcasm yeah, well, alert. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So we've had one manager all the way through 17, so obviously broken that trend to the, compared to those guys. But yeah. I, I would say compared to most football clubs, we are hugely, hugely consistent with our managers. They, they, exactly. There's not any manager that doesn't have at least, you know, even with Mellon, we could have sacked him earlier. You exactly. Know, it, we, we generally give managers two and a half years, don't we? And that's sort of the, the bedrock of it. Unless they I can't think of anyone that went in less than two and a half years yeah. um, in recent times, unless they moved on because they've been good and no one has so far. You know, Paul Hurst is here for two and a half years. I don't know what's going on I'd imagine he will go at some point before that but yeah I think it's something to be proud of as a football club we're Definitely. very 
very consistent with our managers. A little bit like, you know, there are some big clubs that are like that. I think Liverpool are like, oh, yeah, they they managers are. a real chance. Whereas then you look at somewhere like Man City and, and before Pep, they were in and out reasonably rapidly and a lot of those mid-table bottom premiership teams well, Chelsea probably and change the worst, aren't they, yeah. for that? Just Chelsea, every exactly. And Christ, Man United fans want Mourinho out now. I was just going to say, what, what the hell do you want, man? So, yeah. Well, I attacking think, football might be a start, but yeah. <laughs> it was dull, wasn't it? Um, but I think, you know, in terms of managers, we, we're quite, quite good and consistent, something to be proud of. But, there we go. Um, Glenn's stats. Let's move on to Glenn. So, Glenn, you say I yeah. love a stat, but you love doing the kind of the Shrewsbury Town stat, don't you? You look going through the archives. Yeah, it was interesting because I was thinking about 2017 as a year. So, obviously, Paul Hurst came in in January. Things have turned around hugely since that point. And I was thinking, wondering how well we've done across the whole of 2017. So, this is our record in the league for 2017. So, we played 47 games. We won 25. We drew 10. And we lost 12. And in that time, we scored 54 goals, but we only conceded 40 goals in 47 games. How nuts is that? That's good. So, less than a goal a game. Um, And that accrued 82 points. Now, if you compare it with all the teams that were in League One for that entire period, only one team has got more points than us, and that's Bradford. And they got 85 points. So, it does show you, not only is this season... You know what we've done this season, impressive, but across the whole of 2017 under Paul Hurst, you know... Only one team has accrued more points than us. It just shows you that where we are is not a fluke, Ollie. It's been a slow build, and it and it does prove the point. And the thing that really frustrates me is, um, you know, when we were doing all the um, we start of the season, we had that silly, you know, we were going to second favourites to get relegated. If anyone, if any of the journalists had actually spent ten minutes and done a little bit of research, um, our average points under Paul Hurst last season, um, obviously came over in October, was outside the playoffs. So as you say, as you point there, you know, obviously we've had a fantastic start to this season, but we would be, apart from the little blip, obviously in the Port Vale away game, you know, we, we have been doing well on Paul Hurst, you know, his, 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 uh, his win ratio is fantastic. Mm. And, and as I say, it's, um, to, to, to be conceding so few goals across 47 games in, in a calendar year, that's probably the most impressive thing looking at those yeah, statistics. Yeah, it's 53%, 53% win ratio. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very impressive. So yeah, so there we go. I thought it was interesting. So we, we didn't win. We came second in the annual table, not the season table. But if we come second in the season table, I'll be happy with that as well. So hopefully that's a good omen. Um, and the other stat that I saw that came up on Skybet uh, this week was that after the games yesterday, we had the most home clean sheets in the top four leagues. Um, so we've had 13 clean sheets at home in 2017, which again is another point to prove about that, that work that we've done on the defence. And um, that's alongside Wolves, Wigan, Millwall and Leeds who also have had 13 clean sheets but again I don't want to labour the point but the work that Paul Hurst has done defensively with his football club in turning around what was an absolute shambles of a backline into one of the most if not the most solid backline in the football league is, is deserves particular special mention, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. It's been he's just sort of been an absolutely fantastic job, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, we get bored saying that now, aren't we? So yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. So there we go. Let's end the setup news and, and some interesting stats. Uh, we'll just go on some predictions now and wrap it up, Ollie. That's a loose header. Falls to Hibbert. Hibbert shoots on the volley. What a goal from David Hibbert! Almost nonchalant from Hibbert. Predictions. Um, so, also we haven't done a pod for a while. So, the prediction we actually did was the Pompey game, um, and both a bit conservative, which was fair. I think looking at the results, obviously we weren't, um, you know, we weren't flying. I know the Bradford game no. was still in our in our memory, so we both went for one nil. Um, but actually, it was two nil. So we both got the the result right, but we didn't get the score correct. So we obviously, got a point each there. Um, so let's let's look ahead to Monday tomorrow, um, and let's predict the the olden um, the olden game. Um, so what are you going for Glenn uh, I'm happy to go first if you want me to go first this time go on then yeah I'm going to go for a win I can tell you that one yeah I'm going for a win I'm going to go for 2-0 victory okay. what are you going to go for uh, I think Oldham have picked up a little bit um, have they are <laughs> you well, making they, a statement they, they, again they went on a very good run they did go on a very good run and they've gone poor again yeah. in the last few weeks um, but they're better than I think they're obviously better than they were when, when they were under their last manager yeah. I think Richie Wellens is doing a better job he's turned the results around and he's he's not and also change the style of play. So the last games they've had is they drew with Bristol Rovers, they lost to Fleetwood, they lost to Plymouth, yes. they drew with Doncaster. So they're not Jeez. on a great run. But <laughs> you, you're awful. right. I was I checked because yeah, before that um, in November they had a very good month. Really um, good. So yeah. in November um, they they beat 
um, Rochdale 3-1. They drew with, um, again, a few more draws. So, yeah, I don't know where they got these points from then. Because, <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe the teams are just doing so poorly, they've kind of pulled out of the relegation zone. Yeah, and also, when Wellens took over, I believe they went seven unbeaten. They went on yeah. a fantastic run at that point. And um, so, yeah, I think that it's obviously drifted off. And those last few results are actually pretty rubbish, to be honest with you, yeah. compared to what I think. So I'm going to slightly change mine. I was going to go for them to score, um, because they have been regularly scoring in that period. Where they, they have. They did well. They've got true. Doyle and... Um, the other guy up front who scored against us, can't remember. Um, oh, well, missed the sitter against us. Remember, he missed the open goal at their place. That was amusing. Um, so I'm going to go three-one, Molly. Oh, three-one. Okay, that. cool. Yeah, okay. I think that we we might open up a little bit after two more slightly conservative away games and, and be a bit more um, a bit more fluid. I think that's it then. So yeah, I think that's going to be a good prediction. So we'll see who, see who goes ahead. We'll have to, we'll update the league the prediction league table in the next podcast. Yeah, we've been a bit slack. We've been a bit busy, haven't we? With, while we haven't done a, a regular podcast for a while, we have been busy, haven't we? Yeah, so it, it's probably worth mentioning that, actually. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, we did a Christmas special um, just before uh, the, the, the game yesterday. Um, and that went online and it's been well received and it was a Christmas special looking back at 10 years at the new meadow um, at so the meadow as well not like the club yeah. we have decided that 10 <laughs> years at the meadow means 10 years at the meadow yeah so, so some things we've looked at there. for the overall, haven't we? Like yeah. the amount of p- appearances in that period of time. But yeah, best 10 games at the Meadow, best worst games at the Meadow. And we've got our best and worst teams of that period as well, which were entertaining. So yeah, there's something there to, to listen to in uh, your downtime when you've, when you've listened to this podcast as well. And it's it's not going to be sort of time specific, so you can go back and listen to that at any point as well. And then on the 27th of December, Ollie, we actually got invited on to BBC Radio Shropshire to do an hour with um, Vicky and Mark Elliott on, uh, on their radio show on... Yeah, it was 27th at 4 till 5, wasn't it? So yeah. I believe that's on the iPlayer. Um, it is and, on the iPlayer, uh, yeah. I've tweeted it out again. We'll tweet it out again. After the game, we'll retweet the um, the Christmas special. And the um, it was, I think it was one, one hour, eight minutes in. You've got to start listening from if you just don't want to listen to um, the rest of the, the, the show. Um, it's a big, <laughs> it's a mammoth show. They're on, on, on air for like four hours. Um, yeah, but certainly yeah. Mark Elliott um, definitely enjoyed our bit. He got quite excited. I thought so. Yeah, it was good. It was it did, nice yeah. to be in a studio. So that was quite good fun for us. It made us feel like we know what we're doing a little bit, didn't it, Ollie? And it was actually <laughs> interesting. Just say that, that if you want to listen back to that show, it was um, it was specifically looking at um, the, the the start of the season. Yeah, so the we've not done a, review, a podcast review of the mid season review, and we'll, we'll essentially say that was our mid season review. Um, and potentially we might be able to nick a few clips from that down the line, but um, we'll have to ask Radio Shropshire nicely. But yeah, if you can listen to that, it's good. It supports the podcast. As as well if they've got quite a lot of listens to that particular section I'm sure they could look at it maybe they'll invite us back Ollie and we could do something at the end of the season who knows yeah. but yeah um, yeah, that's what we've been up to really so it's been a busy Christmas period yeah. and it'd be nice to have a week off now before we do the next podcast and come back to talk about us beating Oldham but um, yeah what have you got Ollie anything else to finish off the podcast with um, yeah I just want to kind of mention a tweet so, um, so there's a podcast we haven't mentioned for a while but there is a good podcast who cover who cover League 1 and League 2 so the D3D4 podcast uh, worth a listen and yeah they're good good to follow on Twitter as well because they link a lot of um, a lot of different news stories all around League 1 and League 2 so it's quite good yeah. to kind of they, they'll, they'll spot things for you, which you know, on your Twitter feed which you might necessarily not see as a Shrewsbury fan so it's, it's run by James Richards and he, he did a perfect tweet last night and it got retweeted by quite a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans um, and I think it's a really really nice tweet I've just lost it now so let, let's just try and get it properly so he said so in response to me I said that um, you know I said it's I said it's so much fun watching rival fans moaning about Shrews they can't <laughs> they can't stand losing to us and then I've gone to talk about general transfer window and then he says everyone loves an underdog except when they're losing to one yeah, very true, yeah. So that I thought that, that was a really nice, really, really nice tweet. So class, <laughs> brilliant tweet. And yeah, kind of just sums up what we're kind of experiencing. So a bit like, um, I imagine some of the Premier League fans didn't like it when Leicester were doing well. Um, no. And everyone loves an underdog. But yeah, <laughs> I thought it was quite a nice one. Nice way That's to end it. That's a good way the- to leave it, Ollie. It's a, it's a nice summary of the of this Christmas period, I think. And um yeah, I guess I guess it's 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 New Year's Eve tonight, and and we did say this on the special, but again, Happy New Year to all the listeners, yep. and again, thanks for your support this year, Ollie. I, I you dropped off the uh, the Christmas special at this point, so you never got to say Happy New Year to everybody. <laughs> no, I for some reason stopped my recording. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. But um, yeah, hope, hope everyone is back for 2018. We shall be here covering the ups and downs going forward, and. Uh, yeah, hopefully by the next podcast, Ollie, uh, I'll be able to use the We Are Top of the League introduction to this podcast again because we only ever do that when we're top. So, yeah, if we're going to lose at Northampton and we beat Oldham, uh, we'll be back top. So there you go. That's my that's my New Year's resolution is to hopefully use that um, introduction to this podcast again, Ollie. That would yep. be good. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah. good, good podcast again, Glenn. Thanks very much. And then, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, Glenn.